You're listening to a Mornings with Kelly and Steve podcast. Be sure to check us out every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on Moody Radio. It is time to talk to Nancy Fitzgerald from Anchors Away, a ministry that you should look to get involved with teaching about biblical world view. And that is something that we so desperately need. And look at the world around you, and there are so many different worldviews, but we need biblical worldview, especially to teach our, our young people, right, Nancy, so they know how to defend their faith and really understand what it is that they say they believe in, because they're going to be challenged. We're going to be challenged, and we are every day. Yes, good morning, Steve, and good morning, Kelly. Yes, you're right. Absolutely right. These kids need to be equipped, because what they're learning in schools. And what they're hearing in schools and what they're seeing online is uh, anything but but helpful for them in mm. growing into men and women that have a solid moral value system, even that, um, where they can live a life that, that is pleasing to God. It's, it's absolutely unbelievable, especially in public education, mm-hmm. what is going on. Well, the question of what we are to do as Christ followers, and especially anyone who is new coming into the faith, has to face this question of being baptized. A lot of people don't understand it, or they say, you know what, I came out of a liturgical church, and you know, when I was a child, I was sprinkled, or whatever it may have been, and there is a responsibility that goes along with baptism. So why, in general, should we be baptized? Yes. Um, you know, that's something that I, I like to talk about because I think it's been misrepresented um, uh, so much. But if we look in the scriptures, we'll see uh, exactly what a Christian baptism is. It's an outward testimony of an inward change of a person who's chosen to believe that Jesus is the Son of God who paid the penalty for all the sins of the world by dying on a cross and rising again. You know, getting baptized follows our decision to believe. It does not save us. I need to say that again. Baptism does not save us. It follows our decision. You know, for a believer, God tells us in the Bible that all believers should be baptized as an act of obedience, of making public their commitment to follow Christ. So it's an outward uh, uh, manifestation of somebody just uh, going through a ceremony, essentially saying, I'm giving my life to Christ. Uh, we see in 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen, for we all baptized in one spirit as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we are all given one spirit to drink. And the idea then that baptism is for all people, uh, all people around the world who choose to believe in Christ as their Savior, uh, that baptism is open to them as well. Well, we know this is something that we're told to do, Nancy, so we need to obey God in doing it. But if baptism is not part of salvation itself, why does this act of obedience in particular matter so much? Yeah, I I, I think it matters because it matters to God, to be honest with you. You know, whether we understand it fully or not, 
uh, yeah, and reaching the world with the gospel followed by individual baptism. It, it does. That is, that's the model that Christ gave us. He himself was baptized, you know, in the water uh, by John the Baptist. So we see that he led the way in this, and it matters to him. And it's his desire that all Christians across the globe, uh, uh, that they share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those who have made it uh, uh, Jesus their Lord and then baptize them. So it's not necessarily a church event. It is something that people do when they become Christians. This is what God's idea is. And it comes from Matthew 28. Just before Jesus' ascension, he said, Go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Woof. There it is. Well, Nancy, you know, there seems to be a little bit of confusion, and this is among believers, non-believers as well, when we receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. What is exactly does that mean? Yeah, I think this is so important. And, you know, just I, I think the Bible is very clear on this, but we it has to be clarified that baptizing believers in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, again, there you have the Trinity, the triunity of God, is not when a believer receives the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of God's Spirit in the Scriptures— indicates that the believers are indwelled with the Holy Spirit at the moment of their conversion. And we look at Ephesians 1, 13, 14. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise and of his glory. So there you go. It comes at the moment of salvation. It is not through baptism. And I think another example of this, of course, is the thief on the cross, you know, uh, that uh, you will be with me, uh, uh, Christ said there, because you believe you will be with me later today in heaven. And yeah. and so uh, it's not, it, it, it's like, it's not the wedding ceremony, but the reception kind of thing. I just thought of that. But, you know, it's kind of the aftermath, but yet they go together. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. And in baptism, too, Nancy, is very specific in what it represents. I think it'd be good for you to talk about that, too, just as a refresher or for anybody that's not clear on it to begin with. Yes, I think baptism illustrates a believer's identification with Christ's death, his burial, and resurrection. This is the gospel. And this is why it is such a beautiful thing, if done right, you know. And and there is no right way Christ was baptized in immersion. And, and I think that matters to some degree for many, because being immersed in the water is a reminder of Christ dying, being buried, going under the water, and then coming out of the water uh, illustrates Christ's resurrection. And in Romans 6, 3, and 4, 
Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through the baptism into death in order that as just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Uh, You know, so again, baptism with water submersion for the believer allows the Christian to come close, very close to experiencing really what the gospel of, of Christ's death and resurrection is all about. Now, it's important to understand that, you know, people have been baptized in pools, in horse troughs, in lakes. Uh, we had, when we did Anchors Away, we gave kids a chance to put their, you know, rededicate themselves or dedicate themselves for the first time. And we invite pastors to come out and baptize these kids in our pool afterwards. So it doesn't always have to be done uh, of course, in the church, the place makes no difference. And and frankly, if there's no water source available when somebody wants to be baptized for some reason, they can't wait. Pouring water over their head or whatever uh, is, is fine. God's not insisting that pat- baptism has to be total immersion, uh, but it is the condition of the heart that matters to God. It always gets back to that. If somebody wants to be obedient, I have to do this now. I really want to do this, then do it. And and God will honor that for sure. Well, you know, you mentioned that and I'm just immediately uh, reminded of the Ethiopian and Philip who oh, said, yeah. you know, immediately yeah. he went and was baptized upon believing. Yeah. But you brought up a great point here. You talked about a little pouring of the water over the head. What about infant baptism? Is that scriptural at all? Um, your, the answer is no. I'll just be honest. You know, some churches believe in it. Um, but I, I think, let me say no to the infant baptism, uh, but yes to infant dedication. If a, if a newborn is being dedicated to the church, in other words, here's our baby, will you help us raise it? Uh, uh Wonderful. So the church sees the responsibilities of, of raising up the young people in their in their church. But for baptism, first of all, uh, one of many problems with this is that someone else made the decision for the child. You know, uh, most aren't old enough to talk, much less you know old enough to decide whether or not to believe in Christ. So, and many believe that the Holy Spirit comes into the child's soul during infant baptism, making them children of God. Um, I'm just not going to go into detail what I think about that, but I I, I think we need to go into the scriptures. No place in scripture is there infant baptism for the saving of souls of young people. It just isn't. Um, Again, Romans 10, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe with your heart that Jesus raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. I just need to add something to this. Um, what happens if a child dies before uh, uh, he's old enough to accept Christ? I think that's an honest question. We could talk all day about that. Um, uh, you know, we, we see David losing a son, and, you know, a newborn son, 
And uh, he said, I will, my, I'm going to stop mourning because I will see him in heaven someday. God is filled with grace and mercy, and uh, especially with, with young children before, you know, their age of accountability, whatever that is, God sets that. But the idea is infants are loved by God. They are unable to make a decision. You know, God in his sovereignty somehow works that out. And so uh, I think there's confusion in that. And I think a lot of people want to have their kids baptized in case in case that happens. So it's a bit of a touchy conundrum. But mm-hmm. but all in all, we have to remember God's grace here. It's not to keep out of peop- uh, people out of heaven. It's to join them in. And uh, so we can have peace that that the child will go to heaven based on the scriptures uh, for sure. Nancy, we make a lot of huge decisions over the course of our lives. We will decide to get married. Uh, We'll decide to make some really big financial investments. They may or may not pay off. I mean, there are some really big decisions that we make, but there are no decisions that are quite like the decisions that we make to become a Christian and to get baptized. Talk about Talk about those two decisions and why they are unlike anything else. Yeah, I, I, I think it, it marks the beginning of our journey. And becoming a Christian, being baptized, are the two most, most important decisions we'll ever make. Because being baptized is a jumping off point from no longer living for ourselves. Ideally, that's what that's about. I am a new person in Christ. I am here to serve God. And with the Holy Spirit living in me, like we talked about, we can do it. And we can be the arms and hands and feet of God. Uh, now we have the honor of living for God's glory and not our own. And it's just that simple. But, but I do think with the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, we can love and obey God and forgive those who have harmed us. If it doesn't change our lives... Again, just by going through baptism, if if our lives through Christ are not changed significantly, if that was just something we do, then God is not going to honor it. I, I'm telling you, because he has charged us to take the gospel to the world. He has equipped us with the Holy Spirit in us to obey him. He'll never call us to do anything that he hasn't equipped us to do. And with the Holy Spirit in us, we can do all things through Christ. That's what that's about. But if we go through baptism and then sit in our chair or sit in a pew, you know, and do nothing, don't respond, then I, then I would question that. And and the idea of taking the gospel to the world, the gospel of Jesus, then we will have the privilege of leading others into a relationship with Jesus. But also we'll have the privilege privilege of living out our lives, being light to people that are in darkness. You know, we can live a life and be known as somebody that's selfish and pompous and judgmental, or we can live a life that's loving and kind and and encouraging to others. That's the life that we can live consistently through the power of the Holy Spirit, certainly not through our flesh. Matthew 5, 14, 16, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, 
nor do people light a lamp and put it under their basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the uh, all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they might see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And I think we underestimate the power that we have with the Holy Spirit in us to be that light, to be that comfort to others. I tire of Christian huddles and, and, and Christian groupies that never go on the outside and, you know, whatever. But, but we are called to go into the world. We are called to be light to others. And if the light stays together, yes, it'll be light. But imagine light going out through a city and being dispersed so, so more light could be, could be available and more light could be seen. We'd have a change of the culture, and we need the change. And that's what Christian worldview is about. It's living Christ outside your own home, inside first, of course, but going out to those who are hurting in seriously living your faith, even when you don't feel like it. Go that place. Do that, what God calls you to do. Do the impossible if that's what he's calling you to do. But it's, it's baptism is the beginning. And for people to say, well, were you baptized? Well, I'd rather ask, what are you doing with the gospel in your life? How has mm. God used you? Tell me about it. Huge difference there. Well, you know, you bring up that point because it is, it's that outward stake in the ground to stand for yeah. Christ and let your community know. But we did get a comment in the question, how do we factor in original sin then in the life of a child? Because there's a period between birth and then a period of a time of accountability, right? Now, we do do things as children. We are selfish, but there is a there's a, an ignorance about us. It is not a heart condition because we want to be malicious or we want to choose the wrong thing. So how do we factor in that time period between, you know, the birth and original sin for those who maybe don't believe that, you know, we should wait until someone's old enough to decide to be baptized, you know, because that becomes the the heart decision, right? There's an, there's an age in which we know right from wrong, but there is that period of time where it's not a malicious thing. Children are learning. We are part of who we are is, yes, selfish. Right. One of the first words we learn is no, and then the second one is mine. How do we make right. how do we account for that? I don't think we ever get over it, to be honest with you. We have a sin nature. We're born with them. I, I, I mean we will have that sin nature till we die. That's the struggle that we have. We won't have it when we get to heaven. Uh, but with original sin, you know, uh, we have a sin nature. We're all born with that. Kids are just more free to live it out. You know, we'd all like to sit in a corner sometime and just stick our tongue out at people and not say anything. Uh, but um, I think, again, God knows, and, and this, is, this is an honest question, and the answer is this, and I'm, I'm doing some study on some other stuff with this. God is sovereign, and I think sometimes we forget that. God is sovereign. He knows us better than he knows we could begin to know ourselves. He knows the intent of our heart. He can see the beginning and the middle and the end of our lives. So this is not a gamble for God. God knows these infants. He knows them. 
and you know Christ said let the children come to me and I think the there is no special age of accountability somebody some people talk about it especially you know uh, in bar mitzvahs and this and that and the other but but the point is is that I do I, I just know that with our own children that we have, we, we have four uh, uh, kids that are married now, 10 grandkids. I see the development differently in every one of them. Our, our one son, when he was three, said, I'm not going to bed until I know that I have Jesus in me. Now, that's it. And, and he still has a very strong faith today. So he started when he was three, and I really believe that he knew what he was doing there. There are others of our kids that, that took a little longer to, to trust Christ with their life, which is fine. We never force that on them. And I think the problem is with so many parents, we get so worried about our kids. Live out your faith. Talk about Christ when it's appropriate. But to jam the gospel down their throat doesn't work. Quite the opposite. But I just think the call is to go out to be that light and trust God. With yeah. the salvation of your kids, we don't bring our kids to Christ. We are to model Christ. And that's the thing. That's the work of God in the work of the Holy Spirit. The minute our flesh gets into it because we're scared to death that our kids aren't going to become Christians, we can force our kids into making a decision that they will struggle with in the future. It needs to come from them through the Holy Spirit. So just be a witness and be light. God has got this. He's got our kids. He's got them, and and we are we are responsible for being good parents and for living out Christ. And when they want to, let the Holy Spirit nudge you. And if they want to make that commitment, let them make it. But I think that's a great question that you asked, and and one maybe we could talk about more sometime. Yeah. Thank you so much for that, Lori, this mm-hmm. morning. And thank you, Nancy, for uh, helping enlighten us and, and understand this a little bit better. Well, thank you guys for being so faithful. You know, every single day, there you are. It's it's wonderful. So I'm grateful for you guys. Hey, we want to get you all plugged into uh, Anchors Away. By the way, if you'd like to learn more about Nancy's ministry and get connected with her, check out her website, anchorsaway.org. You can take a look at the curriculum, mm-hmm. see what resources she has available there, find out how to become uh, trained in biblical worldview. Like we said at the beginning of the program this morning, this is something we desperately need and needs to be yeah. taught very specifically in our churches for the sake of our kids. And frankly, for quite a number of us adults some of us have kind of skated through without this and it's uh too easy to get turned around and not be able to really defend what it is that we say we believe so very valuable teaching and if you'd like to hear what nancy talked about this morning again um give us a little bit of time today eric's going to be cutting this audio up for us and we'll get this posted under our resources tab at kellyandsteve.org and we'll be sending the audio over to nancy too you can hear it on her website at anchorsaway.org right nancy you're right. All Thank right. you very much. I'm seldom right. right about anything, but I knew I had that one right. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> well, oh, thank dear. you so much, Nancy. God bless you, and we will talk to you next Tuesday. And uh, stay warm out there. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> We're fighting it here, too. We're fighting the negative temperatures. All right. We'll talk to you later. Hey, we've got to get a check of the weather from uh, none other than... Uh, 
Marcus Bailey in just a couple of minutes, but we're going to find out what's going on outside. And uh, don't forget, check your TV listings and your radio listings. If you're hearing any of those delays or even if they have been uh, elevated to a closure today, you're going to want to be sure so you know what your kids are up to. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio. From the word to life. 